You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer, where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to heart-to-heart chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Okay, on Walk It Out, I have a special guest today named Wendy Pope. Wendy Pope is a speaker with Proverbs 31 Ministries and contributes to the P31 online devotional called Encouragement for Today. She's the author of several books, including Wait and See, Yes, No, and Maybe. And we're going to be talking about her new book, Hidden Potential, today. She teaches thousands of women worldwide online through the one-year chronological Bible. Wendy lives with her family in North Carolina. So welcome, Wendy. Thank you, Trisha. Thanks for having me today. It's so great being here. So just give us a little more insight on your life, your family, and uh, kind of what's going on right now. Well, right now we're quarantined to our home. Yes. <laughs> well, not quarantined as in Corona quarantine. No, none of us have been, you know, exposed to it. As At least we don't think we have, but we are like everyone else. We are hunkered down in our home. We do have toilet paper, so that's a good thing. Um, and, uh, I have a wonderful husband that I've been married to for 28 years. He was, uh, we met young and we, um, grew up in the same church, same community. Um, our families have known one another. So it's a beautiful thing that God brought our families together. We have a 22 year old daughter who just graduated from college last year. And she is staying here with us until she gets some of her college debt paid down, which is a beautiful thing. And then yeah. we have a 19 year old son who is gainfully employed and um, supports himself, but is living here with us to save some money for some future goals, which I think is a beautiful thing. Some parents are ready for empty nest and I am not one of those. And um, as long as they're taking care of their bills, they can live under my roof. <laughs> <laughs> I was I'm the same way. I'm yeah. happy about it. I really am. Um, so yeah, and we uh, live right here in a little, little, little uh, piece of the um, world in Monroe, North Carolina, and um, right outside of Charlotte. And um, I do ministry from this little, probably eight by eight space in my house. Um, I've been doing online ministry for over ten years, and um, never thought, honestly, that I would write a book. This was not much less three books. Um, this is not anything I ever thought I would do, not ever wanted to do. Um, cause I was never a good student, never a good speller, never good at grammar, any of those things. So, um, God redeems everything. He uses everything. He wants our availability. And when we say yes to him, it's amazing what he can accomplish through us. I so totally I agree. All the credit. Yes. Yeah. I love that too. Cause, um, I, you know, I've like se- over 70 books now, but people say, well, where did you get your degree? I have my high school diploma and that's it. <laughs> like I just was a mom at home writing books. And I think, you know, I mm-hmm. think when we're at that place and we're just following God, we could definitely say God did this because 
Like you, like there's nothing that I, that you could look back and say, well, you know, she has all these English degrees or all these things. Not well, at and all. That's really the way it should be for all believers is anything that's accomplished through our hands is really accomplished through in, by God in us and God through us. And so I, I love that I can just, I, I don't have anything to do with this. I, I don't write these books. I sit with the Holy Spirit. He writes them. And you obviously know what that's like having mm-hmm. um, authored many books just to sit with him and have him to be the instrument is a very humbling um, privilege. It really is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love the subtitle of your book, which is exactly what we're talking about, revealing what God can do through you. And, um, you know, I started reading this book when I got it in, oh, probably a month and a half ago before any of this crazy coronavirus Mm. stuff started happening. And I pulled it up again um, this morning to start going through it again. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is even so much more applicable now. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's pretty much, you know, safe to say that every single person who's listening has had to make huge changes in their lives in recent days. And we have fears and we have doubts and we feel like we aren't up to these new unexpected tasks. You know, I've been a homeschooling mom for 25 years. So I'm like, okay, this is, you know, we're just continuing on what, what, we, what we've been doing. But so many people are just completely overwhelmed. They've had to, you know, become their child's teacher overnight and maybe have to work from home and wondering how much some even will have a job. Um, right. But I'm so excited to talk to you about this because, you know, your whole message of the book is that you can trust God to use you, even when you feel weak and unable um, or unqualified for the task. So, I mean, do you feel like God has just put this message on your heart for such a time as this? Oh, I can't even, I can't even tell you. Um, The realization came to me um, last weekend, I was um, away speaking and I had not really begun yet preparing for our online. We have an online Bible study right now that's going on at my church. It's a live Bible study, not online, but it's live every Wednesday for four Wednesdays. We started last week. So yesterday was our uh, the 18th was our second week um, to do live stream. And we're going through failures, fears, faults, uh, frailties and faults as the order we're going in with the material in the book. And um, honestly, it wasn't until I was just sitting alone in my hotel that I realized that God had orchestrated all of this. He knew all of this was going to be happening. And there's no coincidence that the this crazy and this frenzy has hit us right during the week that I was going to be teaching on fear. So there's a mm-hmm. whole chapter on fear and uh, our correct response to fear. And um, one of the things that I taught last night was, um, and by the way, the church website, uh, the church Facebook is First Baptist Matthews. If any of your listeners, um, I don't know when this interview will air, but um, they can go back to the archives Good, of the videos okay. on the church site, uh, Facebook page, not site, but Facebook page, First Baptist Matthews, and and see the teachings for free. It's you know there's no there's no charge to be a part of awesome. that. But, um, one of the message, one of the points that I was teaching last night was that um, it's we can be fearful um, and faithful at the same time, and the enemy seeks to rob that peace that we have in our faith and replace it with fear and how. We need to 
um, work really hard and it's, it is hard work. We're not used to working hard, honestly. Um, things come so easy to us. And, and I, and I say that with just great humility. I know that there's some people that really do struggle and I, I, I recognize that. But for the most part in our, in our country, things come to us with very little hard work. I mean, when you look at World War II, you work, look at the society that was here and, and what was, what was torn down because of war and then built back up because of that mighty, mighty generation. We do have it easy. I mean, we just, we have to, we have to admit to ourselves that things do, you know, readily, we have access to food, we have access to things. Um, and so we're not used to having to, or accustomed to having to put, really put our complete faith in God because we have the ability and the availability to get things done and to get things. So um, it's real easy to replace for in the moment fear to become a way of life fear. And this is one of those situations where um, this can definitely, this situation that we find ourselves in our country can definitely, um, we can we can have this in the moment fear and respond properly or we can have this in the moment fear and then completely fall apart and let that become a way of life fear. Um, and so we have to realize that fear is in, in, in content contextually is actually a good thing. It's something that God gives us. It's an emotion that God gives us to warn us of things. You think of, um, you know, you hear a noise in your house. That's, you know, the hair on the back of your neck stands up. There's a rush of, of heat that goes through your body. And physiologically, you fit, sense, oh, there's something going on. That's a warning. You've got your light that comes on to let you know that you're running low on gas or you're, it's time to change your oil. It's time to check the air in your tires. You have those warnings and that little fear pops up for a moment. And then you've got that little warning and then you're like, oh, okay, I can take care of that. Um, but in this situation, it's it's how we respond to that fear, whether we're going to allow those momentary thoughts to replace how we what we know. We can't let what we feel replace what we know. And right. um, and that's how we um, that's how we keep from allowing that in the moment fear become a way of life fear. Yeah, and I think that's so good. And, you know, we just had this talk around the dinner table last night um, with we have five kids in the house still. And, um, you know, they're all adopted. Some have been from really hard places. So every little thing can kind of trigger the big fears that kind of right. dig in, dig into their hearts deeply. And, you know, we were talking about um, cause you know, my kids are running to run down the street and play with all the neighbor kids. And we're like, no, we're just saying, no, my grandma lives with us. She's 90. We're like, we have oh. an old grandma in the house. We cannot, you know, I know uh -huh. it seems like everyone's healthy, but we can't do that. So it's trying to balance the, the, yeah, we need to keep ourselves safe without trying to, you know, just bring a whole bunch of fear in our kids. But our 17 year old that's lived with so much trauma, she just started um, spiraling like, why does God let this happen? And people are dying and we can't go anywhere. And we could just see it spiraling and spiraling. And mm -hmm. um, my, my husband brought up the verse that you actually talk about, which is perfect love expels all fear or casts out all fear. Like Absolutely. we just have to trust. We just have to trust God's love. And all of us right now, you know, we're safe. We're healthy. Grandma's safe and healthy. You know, just, we just got to do what we have to do, but it is hard when 
when we have those little seeds take root, we definitely saw it in our, in our daughter last night. Then she's like, I'm never going to get married. And I don't, you know, I'll be in all these, times, it just kept going. Oh, and when, yes. you know, finally, after a little while, when we got her settled down, I'm like, gave her a really big hug. I'm like, don't let these little fears take, take root in your heart right, right now. Like we can totally trust God. And so this was just mm-hmm. a conversation we had around our dinner table last night. Well, one of the things that um, I was privileged enough to, uh, to to be part of the book was um, uh, four women share their stories after each of the four chapters dealing with one of the F's, the fear, the faults, the failure, and the frailties. And my friend that joined me last night um, that shared her story in the book about fear is actually um, a licensed Christian counselor. So we went over some of the things that I outline in the book and how they parallel with how what she recommends and counseling. And one of the things is exactly what your daughter did and you allowed her to do. And this is really important to, to, to make, to make everyone aware that this is okay to voice those fears. Um, When we voice them and we let them out of us, they don't, they have, it's less likely that they're going to take root with us. Like for instance, when David was, king and he, uh, well, he wasn't king at this point, but he was supposed to be king and Saul at this point was chasing him and he fled to the Philistine territory and to King Agesh and he was trying to join up with the Philistine army and they rejected him. And um, he wrote Psalm 56 and, or maybe it's 55, 55 or 56 and uh, 56. And he, um, he says in this Psalm, when I fear, so mm-hmm. we need to know that it's an it's an it's okay. It's a healthy emotion. It's an it's an emotion that makes us aware of our surroundings. But then he says, "I will put my trust in you." And um, it's really important that we balance that. Okay, I'm going to fear, but I'm going to put my trust in God. But we also one of the things that we see in David's life, and we see in Moses' life, who's the um, subject of the book of Hidden Potential, is when God called Moses to be, um, to rescue, to be the rescuer, to be the deliverer of his people in chapter two, he didn't stand up and say, oh yes, I'm so glad you (laughs) chose me. He had this really intense conversation offering God all of these excuses and all of these reasons why he couldn't do this job. And it's obvious that he's speaking from a place of fear, but you, through after chapter four, you see him surrender to that call and you see him at the end of chapter four, meeting with the leaders of the Israelites. He, he said, all right, basically he's, this is my paraphrase. You're going with me, God, I'm going, you're going with me. I'm counting on that. You're letting me take my brother Aaron. So let's do this thing. And that's, I love the picture of the dialogue between God and Moses. And I love the Psalms that David wrote saying, how long is this going on? My enemies are after me. I've done nothing wrong. They're still, I'm hiding, I'm running. So these are indications to us. And um, they're, they're, to me, they're white flags that say, hey, God can handle my insecurities. If God can handle and still use a man like Moses and a man like David, who both, by the way, were murderers. Right, exactly. Um, their past, God did not let their past um, prevent them from living out their potential. And I love that about these stories that, uh, of these people that got included in the Bible, but that gives me freedom to go to God. And in fact, one of the Psalms, I can't even remember God, Moses says, 
I take my chief complaint to God. So I call him I, my personal name. One of my personal names from him is my, the head of my complaint department. You know, <laughs> when you, you know, press, press zero to talk to your operator yeah. <laughs> and then you ask for a supervisor. So God's my supervisor over all of this. And when I'm irritable about things, when I'm upset about things, when I have doubts about things, which people in ministry do have those, right, right Tricia? Yeah. We do have doubts. We do have fears. <laughs> um, we take, I just take them to God. And something, there's something about the spoken word of getting all of that out of us. So it's, it's great that your daughter feels like she can get all of that out and feels relief and um, security enough in your home to voice all of that, because right. that's really one of the, the, the counselors, so my friend last night said, that's one of the healthiest ways to do that is to voice and get that out. And then another way, just dealing with fear that we suggest in the book. And then we talked about last night was um, a big proponent of writing things down. Mm-hmm. You, they, they don't have to be grammatically correct. They don't have to be spelled correct. Nobody's going to come behind and read them. But in that moment that you're having that fear, um, get to a place where, and, and uh, my daughter does a lot of this on her phone. She has that notes app and she takes a lot of notes on her phone and describes her feelings on her phone. And she has that there. So however you do it, get those feelings down. And we even went as far um, in the book to suggest describing how you feel physiologically, describing how you feel mentally, describing how you feel emotionally, capsulate all of that in words if you can, and try to even see a pattern. If if this is becoming a pattern, oh my goodness, my temporary fear is becoming a way of life fear. So maybe I need to even take it a step further and um, look for some scripture that deals with this. Um, and you can do quick Google searches for any scripture about any topic. It's amazing what we can find on Google, good and bad. <laughs> yes. Um, and possibly even um, suggest seeing counselors, Christian counselors, medical doctors, because there are people that do live with real fear. And and something like we're going through right now, the frenzy that we're in right now, and just, you know, I don't have any toilet paper. I don't have any hand sanitizer. It seems minimal to to many of us, but this may just be the trigger that uproots something from many, many years ago in someone's life. And it may be that counseling is is needed or medical intervention is needed. So um, there's multiple ways to to deal with the fear, but um, it needs to be dealt with and it needs to be responded with, uh, responded to appropriately and so that it doesn't take root and rob us of the freedom that we have in Christ. Absolutely. And I love how you talked about, you know, you might need those, you know, counselors or therapists and they know how to help you. I'm, I'm oh, such yes. a huge fan of that. My um, teen daughters, we just found the most amazing um, counsel that she's been going through for about four months. But even the other night we were, we had a, um, actually a pre-release copy of, um, I still believe the Jeremy Camp story and you know, oh, yeah. we all sat down. And so, you know, cause I interviewed um, Kevin Downs a couple of weeks ago and we all sat down to watch it. And she goes, I would love to watch this, but I'm, this is just going to get me so emotional. I just know I can't handle this. And this is before mm. all the coronavirus stuff happened. Right. But my daughter, I'm like, she says, yeah, she says, my counselor said, if there's something that will get you all up in your feelings, you just need to walk away for it. You're not ready for that kind of stuff. Wow. And I just love how the counselor, you know, cause of course Absolutely. we know, 
you know, his wife is going to die in the movie. That's the whole story. And him clinging to God. But she just, I mean, she's 17, but I'm just so proud of her that she was able to say, this Uh is going to get me all up in my feelings. It's going to bring out my own fears, my own worries, um, make me struggle. And I love how that counselor is able to point her in those directions because we need to know those tools. And maybe someday, you know, years from now, she'll be able to to kind of watch those kind of movies again. But for now, she knows it's just not Mm -hmm. good for her. And I think it is so important. Well, one of the things that I talk about um, in this chapter is that fear is an invitation to trust God. Um, And it is. And in this situation, your daughter just realized, okay, whether she realized it was God prompting her or not, that's Mm -hmm. what that was. It was the Holy Spirit prompting her. This is not healthy for you to do right now. So fear, we have to look at fear as an invitation to be part of God's story, but to trust his power and his provision. Um, and that's um, very wise of her. That's and, and, and again, something that goes back to, hey, I needed counseling and this is that helped her. That's awesome. Very yeah, good. exactly. Awesome. And I, I think I love how you were bringing it back with Moses. Um, you know, he was afraid, but he stepped forward in faith. And this quote you have, I just loved it. It said, I wrote it down. Um, Every day after Moses heard God speaking through the burning bush was a day he spent following God sometimes stumbling, tripping, or dragging, but following still. With a terrible past and an uncertain future, Moses was still able to put his trust in the God he knew, and that's what we can do today. And I wrote that down. I think this is so great because I love the part, sometimes stumbling, tripping, or dragging. Moses Mm -hmm. did not get it right, but he was like going forward. Oh, no, he did not. And, And again, that's why I resonate with him so because um, he did, he continued to, to his fault, his um, anger continued. Um, he had that anger at the beginning of his mm-hmm. life where he took the life of the Egyptian soldier that was mistreating the Hebrew. That anger rose up in him. Um, we see that anger throughout where he gets angry at the people mm-hmm. and he turns to God. He gets angry and he hits the rock twice instead of speaking to the rock there in in numbers and that keeps him from entering in the place of promise and um there's so many things that we can say about that part of the story but that's not what our conversation is about today what i what i love about that situation is even though his anger took hold of him in that moment and he was then forbidden to go into the promised land there is a lot of scripture that takes place after that. There is a lot of work with the people that takes place after that. And Moses continues, even after that great disappointment, the knowledge that he's not going into the promised land, he continues to listen to God. God continues to speak to him, which I think is the best overarching point that we can make right. here, is that even when our faults take over us, God can be. God's still going to speak to us. He's still, he's going to reconcile with us and he will still speak to us. And our job at that point is to still respond in obedience, even after disappointment, because you know, Moses was disappointed, disappointed even later in his conversations with God. He says, please, can I just see the land, you know, because, and you know, it's stuck there, right? You know, it's in there. And he says, please, can I see the land? And God, it even scripture says, God got angry with him. No, you're not going. But in the very end, God said to Moses, go up on the mountain. And he allowed him to see 
the promised land. Mm-hmm. And I love, he asked to see it and he got to see it. And on that mountain, God himself buried Moses. That's what scripture tells us. And no one knows where Moses buried, right. only God. So I love that it finished. It's kind of like the story that you, the the movie that you watch and you hope it ends differently. You, you hope God says, you know what, you've continued to follow me since that fumble. I'm going to go ahead and let you go in. No, God is a God of his word. And, um, but yet it's still finished in a beautiful way in his life. And so from start to finish, we see that Moses had this death threat over his life from the very beginning. He, and God knew in his, um, omnipotence knew that God, that Moses was going to sin with that great sin and that God was, that Moses was going to have fears. He was going to have faults. He was going to have failures. But Moses response to all of that was, okay, God, this is what you want me to do. I'm going to walk with you. I may be dragging. Sometimes you may be pulling me along, but I'm going to go. And God, Moses got to see what could be done with a life surrendered. And we get the beautiful bonus of reading the story from his birth to his death of how God can use our response to our fears, faults, failures, and frailties and what he can do in us. We have that potential there. We're all worthwhile possibilities. Excellent. I wrote that down too. You are a worthwhile possibility. That's another thing I put in my notes. We have to tell ourselves that because the enemy doesn't want us to have that information and that confidence. And really, I mean, Moses, after he continued to mess up, he could have just said, forget it. I'm done. Like Absolutely. walked away, left him right. there, you know, and, right. uh, you know, How I've always, of us wouldn't have done that. Seriously. Yeah, exactly. We Fine. Think we... I, I'm just doing such a bad job. I'll just quit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I always say, um, you know, we often compare our weaknesses with other people's strengths. And then you say uh-huh. something similar, which is we habitually compare our insights to other people's outside right. to determine our value and sum up our potential. And I just love that, that, you know, God knows our weaknesses and our strengths. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we often don't even know what other people are struggling with. Mm-hmm. And we're thinking like, she has it all together. I, I remember doing that before at a, at a Bible study, there was one young woman that was just beautiful and she just seemed like so talented. She and sang in the she worship team. And I blanks filled in, didn't she? Oh, you know, in my mind, <laughs> in my mind, until I found out later, you know, she was bulimic. She, she was mm. on the verge of divorce. And I just remember at that moment, as I've been, you know, weeks and weeks thinking, oh, I wish I was more like her. After she finally like poured it out, all the hard stuff in her life, I'm like, thank you, Lord. I'm not like her, you know, thank you that I have a good marriage and I don't struggle with the same things. I think so many times that Mm -hmm. comparison gets in the way and we think, you know, God can't use us. We're just focused on those negative things. And I, I love how you say, you know, even those failures, those past experiences will help us in overcoming what is coming next. Well, you know, one of the things that I learned through this writing and studying is that often we have to, God needs us to experience that fault or that failure to prepare us for the place he's taking us to. Mm-hmm. And we can't get to that place without that failure or without that fault or without that frailty. We need to experience that because where we're going is going to be necessary for us to have that experience. And um, God never wastes anything never waste any part of our story. And we have to keep, we have to keep telling ourselves that truth because the, so many things scream at us every day that we don't measure up. 
like you were talking about the comparison, like we don't measure up. We're looking at everybody's perfect life on social media, um, everybody's perfect Bible verse they put out there. And um, for such a time as this, they put this great verse out there. Oh, look at all the likes that they have. Look at all the shares that they have. And it's so easy, even for me in ministry, to 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 feel like, oh, my, the Lord just gave me this powerful word and I'm putting this on some graphic or I'm writing this out somewhere and I get like three shares and somebody puts some little silly something about toilet paper and they get like a (laughs) hundred shares. Okay. So we look at that. We think, well, Lord, you gave me this word and nobody even cares about it. Right. But that's even sitting here in my little corner of the world doing ministry. Those kind of thoughts go through my mind. And so I have to continue to tell myself the truth. It doesn't matter whether I had 10 likes or 200 likes or three shares or 35 shares or 300 shares. As long as I obey, the spirit led this on me to share this or to do this, whatever it might be. Maybe it doesn't have anything to do with social media. My obedience is what matters. And it's what God is revealing to me, through me, about me that matters. Hmm. And for me, I had to go through these these things to realize, oh, I'm not all that. I, I do have frailties. I do have failures. I do have fears. Um, but God can still use me. And that's played out in his faithfulness. I've seen it from, you know, almost 20 years in ministry, 10 years of online ministry, but 20 years in ministry that we're going to fail. We're going to have these things. But God has a plan for every single one of us. In Ephesians 2.10, Paul tells us that it's a great plan. We're his masterpiece, that he has a great plan for us that was put into place long ago. Right. So it's there waiting to be revealed, but we have to respond correctly to these fears, faults, failures, and frailties and not let them define us and take over us and defeat us. Yeah. And it really is, like you said, getting into God's word. Um, I love this quote too. It says, if we are willing to pause a few moments, put the comparison list down and listen to the answer that God gives in his word, we will discover a life changing way to think about ourselves. And that's what it is. I'm like, everyone's on pause right now. (laughs) I mean, all the sports have been canceled. My kids' um, therapies have been canceled. Doctor's appointments, orthodontist appointments, everything's canceled. I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, this is it. We have time to get in God's word and read what he says. You know, we're not running around from place to place anymore. So we can use this time instead of, you know, scrolling through Google or watching the news (laughs) to focus on what does God say? Open up our Bible. Right, exactly. And um, we have to replace that negative narrative that has followed us around. It's it's so much easier to train children than repair adults. I know mm-hmm. you've heard that before. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a as an older adult, I'm not old, but 52, um, I'm re- even still retraining my brain. And my thoughts on things that I remember that hurt me, that were done to me as a child that I never dealt with. And as an adult now, they shaped me. And I'm realizing those things aren't true. Those things didn't make me. They they shaped me, but they don't make me. And I have to replace that negative narrative with the truth of God's word. And that takes work. Um, it really does. So those moms and, and dads maybe that are listening, 
um, I just encourage you to um, to train your children in the truth of God's word. Yeah. Um, get a Bible that's simple enough for them to understand and help them. Don't go, here's the Bible, read it. Um, in fact, I heard Anthony Evans and his wife on Focus on the Family um, sometime this week. And um, he was telling about how Tony would pick out a verse and they would all have to read it and tell him what, tell, tell out loud what they thought it meant whether it was wrong or not. And Tony would correct them, not in like, oh, you're wrong kind of way, but look, this is what it really means. So verse by verse, this is a great time to do that, to pull up um, verses about fear Mm -hmm. and have your children, if they can read, read it or read it out loud or print it on a paper in a translation. You can get all kinds of translations on BibleGateway.com and BibleHub.com. They have children's Bibles there. The translations are there. And have those discussions with your kid, uh, your children about fear and the right way to handle fear and what the right fear is. The right fear is a reverent respect for God and respect for his sovereignty and his holiness. That's the kind of fear that we can have. And that kind of fear gives us security and freedom. You know, the afraid kind of fear rattles our core and it makes us, you know, go nuts and buy like 80 gallons of milk when we really only need two. You know, I I don't I don't get all that, but people are scared right now. Right. So it would be um, a great thing to do um, in, in this season while we have this pause pressed to look up those verses and spend time talking about healthy ways to deal with fear, having them journal what they're feeling and talking about, uh, draw pictures. If they're, if they can't write, draw pictures, say, you know, what are you feeling about right now? We can't go to school. So draw a picture about what it feels like not to be able to go outside and play or not to be able to play with your friends. You can go out in your backyard, but you can't have any friends. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Unless they're six feet away. Um, but just to, to, Give them some good foundation as young people and as children so that as they grow up, they have these to to fall back on. These are the ways we train the children. And I mean, my parents did a great job. I mean, I grew up with Warden Jean Cleaver and uh, I had great parents, but times were different then. That things right. were completely right. different in our world then. I mean, I could go away from my house for all day long and run around in my neighborhood at seven or eight years old. And my mama didn't think a thing about it. Because yeah. somebody was, if I got in trouble, somebody was calling my mama and telling her if I was doing something <laughs> wrong. So, or I needed help. Somebody would get me help. We don't have that kind of right. role now. So we need to equip our children at home. We need to equip our children to to deal with crisis and to deal with disappointment and failures and the frailties that we have. Um, like Moses, he had that speech problem it's not really defined exactly what it was, but he had a problem and he said, I can't talk good. That's, that was his, how he summed it up with God. Okay. Well, God used that. It never says that God took it away. When you, you, I've read his story backwards and forwards many, many times. And it never says, and God all of a sudden gave Moses an eloquent speech. No, he didn't, didn't say that, but we see Moses become a leader and confident in his words to Pharaoh and to the people. So something happened, either it corrected itself or he learned to live with it and speak through it. And we don't know that. And I love that. I love that there are things that we don't know. Um, It is interesting to me, the parts of the stories that aren't told Mm -hmm. and that we get to, we get to have those, I wonder moments about scripture. Um, 
but have those conversations with, with, with your kids right now. Use this as an opportunity to have these conversations with your, with your young kids. Exactly. Which brings to the last quote that I wrote down, which is our failure is not more powerful than God. Mm. I love how you said that. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that is so true. Like every time I thought I failed, it's been those things that God has redeemed and I could help someone. I could reach out to someone because I understand those failures. I understand that pain, but I didn't want to go through it. I didn't want to mess up. No. And I love that you use the word redeemed. One of the things that the Lord's been teaching me in the last year in writing this book and, and some other experiences that I've been going through is that redemption that we 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 cheapen Calvary mm-hmm. and the the sacrifice made at Calvary when we believe that redemption began and end ended at Calvary. Our souls were redeemed with a possibility of redemption of our souls was at Calvary, but redemption did not begin and end there. Right. He is our redeemer every day for every mistake we make, for every fear that we have, for every time we fall short. He wants to redeem everything. So those failures are not bigger than the redemption of our God. And he can use everything. If he can use a murderer, not once, but twice in the Bible to do great things for his people, he certainly can use a little mistake that I made. Absolutely. Um, but again, it's replacing the false narrative the negative narrative with the truth of God's word, letting that take root in our hearts rather than that failure that we did when we were 19 or 18 or, you know, 26, maybe last week, um, maybe this morning. Um, But if, if we don't replace the negative narrative, it's continue to take root in our heart. That's one of the things that I celebrate with your story. You just told about your daughter is to be able to get that out. It's Mm -hmm. so huge. Because so many of us, even as adults, just think if we just stuff it and bury it, it will go away. But then it's times like the frenzy we're in right now that all of that comes back out and says, oh, I really didn't deal with that. I need to deal with that now. Well, crisis is not the best time to deal with situations like that. We need to deal with them as they happen. So for sure, God is not, our God is bigger than our fear, our failure, our faults, and our frailty. And he is a God of redemption um, every single day. And we'll redeem everything that we surrender to him for our good and his glory. We might not see it right now. And here's the thing too, Tricia, is we might not even see it in our lifetime. Right. It might not even be completely redeemed until we look, until the lives of our children's children come forth and they are stronger believers than we ever were. They are more powerful um, in advancing the gospel than we ever were because we allowed God to redeem our failure and let that take root. And we pass that on to the next generation and the next generation. So we're not just, it's not all about us. It's about those that are in community with us. It's about those that are in our gene pool. It's about our ancestors that came before us. It's about the generations that are coming after us that we that we want to live in availability and surrender to God so that when he calls us to this great thing, maybe not delivering a nation, um, when he calls us to our thing, whatever that might be, that we surrender to that and say, all right, Lord, I don't see how I'm a worthwhile possibility. I don't understand how I have potential. I've messed up. But what I do know is that you're bigger than all of that. And I trust you. And mm-hmm. I'm going to use this as an invitation 
to trust you. That's so good. Because right now, what will our kids remember? You know, if we have kids at home, they're not going to remember all the details, all the statistics, all the stuff on the news. They're going to remember how we responded and how we turned to God and how we trusted in him. That is the thing that is going to stick with them. And if we show them that we do trust in God and we have faith in him, even when the world seems to be falling apart, that is what they're going to carry into their future. That's exactly right. It is exactly right. They they really believe what they see in us more than what they hear from us. Mm-hmm. We have to live out what we say. We can't just be, you know, a talking head. We have to live that out. Um, and uh, they they will. That's when it takes root. I mean, I remember my little my little son is 19 now, much bigger than me. Um at the time when we were growing up, I mean, I knew when he was little is when really God started working strongly in my life. I've been a believer since I was seven, but it wasn't until my early thirties and I had children that I realized, Hey, I haven't really taken this thing seriously. Let me do that. Um, that I remember just quoting parts of scripture to God. Well, in the Bible, it says this, and God tells us this in his word. And he said to me, there's just a Bible verse for everything. (laughs) And I I won't ever forget that. I thought, yeah, there is. And so from that young age, he's, he has, that seed was planted in him. Mm. And he knows even at 19, when he comes to me and says something about a problem or he's angry about something, well, God's word will tell us this. And God says this and God says he knows right? because that's just been that that precedent was set set then. So just continue to do that, moms and dads of, of young folks at home, um, because it's it's what they it's what they see us live out, um, not just what they hear us say. Oh, so good. Okay. So again, the book is Hidden Potential, Revealing What God Can Do Through You. And Wendy, where can people connect with you um, online? I'm wendypope.org is my website. And all things having to do with me, any of the books that I've written um, are there. And they can get the book at Amazon, Proverbs 31, Barnes and Noble, um, christianbooks.com. I thought it was on Audible. Yes, it's audible. So you've got um, plenty opportunities to reach out and get the resource. The teachings that I was talking about earlier are on um, Facebook at First Baptist Matthews. But I also have them after we process that and we get them, uh, we'll have them up on my website. So you can participate in that and watch those free of charge. Got a lot of time on your hands right now. Um, invest it well, and yes. not just my teaching, but there are teachings everywhere. That's one of the beautiful things that, honestly, I'm I'm sure you feel the same way, Trisha. Is just how so many people are all of a sudden sharing links to their church, and yeah. hey, come come do church with us. And how many people are getting exposed to the gospel that never would have stepped foot in a church right now are watching. It's amazing um, at the possibility of the advancement of the gospel through this. And that's what God's doing. He's in charge. He's advancing. He's advancing himself and his kingdom. Um, And we don't understand at all um, why people are dying. We don't get that. But, you know, death is a part of life. It's it's part of that cycle. Um, And um, it's we don't understand this time and this reason and all of this. But. His ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. 
And one of the Bible verses that, well, actually it's my favorite verse in all of scripture is Deuteronomy 29, 29. And it says that the Lord, uh, we, um, the Lord, our God has secrets known to no one and we're not accountable for them. We are, however, accountable for what he reveals to Mm -hmm. us. So God is a God of secrets. He's a secret keeper and he reveals what we need to know when we need to know it. And, you know, honestly, at this point right now where we are, I'm not really all that concerned Um, And I don't mean that flippantly. I mean that I'm praying for my leaders. I'm trusting my leaders. I'm trusting more in God than I am in my leaders. Um, And that's the way that I live my life every day. It's funny because I live my life social distancing because (laughs) I work at home. Yeah. So I shop online. I go to pick up groceries and they put them in my trunk. I really, that's how I live a very fast, a little, very fast paced life as far as work is concerned. I have a lot of things going on. I don't have time to go shopping. I don't have time to wander and, you know, Miranda around in the stores. I just go pick up what I need. I take care of my parents. And so it, for me, this is not a huge Mm -hmm. change, but for some, I realize that it is. I honestly, the thing that would frighten me most is that I was a mom and I had to teach my kid common core math. Let's just be real. I, I just don't even understand that. I, I'm a I don't teach them that. Girl. We, we, we carry around here. You carry around here. It's like, come on. We carry. We regroup. That's what yep. it's all about. But so that would be my prayer is for these moms and dads that are at home trying to educate their children. That is a very real struggle. Talk about fear. Yes. <laughs> and failure. Your children's education are on your hands and you don't know how to how to do common core math, that would be really frightening. Everyone has calculators <laughs> on their phones anyway. We don't need to worry about this that much. Absolutely. Spend time Absolutely. in the Bible. Spend time right. you know, praying together, right. reading the stories. That's that's really going to stick to them the most. For sure. Yeah. Well, Wendy, thank you so much for being here. I know I've been uh, blessed an and, and my listeners will be blessed too. Thank you so much. Thank you. And you stay clean. And I pray that you'll have plenty of toilet paper. At your <laughs> we do. We're stocked up. <laughs> awesome. I just enjoyed so much what Wendy had to say um, about how we can turn to God with our fears, our faults, our our failures, and our frailties. And right now, we are probably feeling a lot of that, a lot of fears, a lot of faults when we're having these new responsibilities, failures that, you know, we can't get it right, um, frailties with everything that's going on, but we can turn to God during this time. And the walk it out scripture of today is Romans eight twenty eight. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And the world may be a scary place, but God has good purposes. Like Wendy and I were talking about just being able to share hope and truth on social media for our church service to be streamed online, for us to be able to pray for people. Just even on my Facebook, I'll just put up, how can I pray for you? And there's a lot of people with a lot of needs. And just being able to have that connection and serve people in that way is really important. And God will cause these things to work together for good as we're turning to him, as we're looking to him. So let me pray for you today. Dear God, I just thank you so much for my friends out there. Um, Maybe they do have fears or frailties or failures or faults. Lord, I pray that 
this time will be a time that they can pause, that they'll have extra time to just sit quietly uh, before you, that they could let their kids sleep in instead of rushing them out the door to school and have more time in the morning to get out their Bible and read and pray around the dinner table as kids have questions to um, bring again, bring out their Bible and point their kids to you, Lord. I pray that um, even though we have these fears and these worries, that we will always remember that you are in control. None of this is surprised to you, God. I pray for Wendy. I pray for her ministry and continue to use her and use her messages of hope and encouragement to many. Um, I just pray that you'll bless her abundantly. And with all of us, Lord, I just pray that anytime that those um that spirit of fear will come that we will just look to you and that will be replaced with a spirit of peace. We thank you and we pray in your name. Amen. Well, friend, I am just so thankful for you and um, for taking the time to listen to this. I pray you may be encouraged. Go ahead and share Walk It Out podcast with your friends. You could um, go to walkitoutpodcast.com. All the links are there. They can listen online or on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. I pray that um, you will just forward this to someone who may be fearing right now and send your own prayer or note of encouragement to them. I pray you will have a blessed week. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.